Welcome back to the Institute of World Mission podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ott. Before introducing today's interview guest and the topic, I'd love to point your attention to the very home of the IWM podcast, to the place where it lives. Its home is on the IWM website, and the address is iwm.adventist.org forward slash podcast. It is here that you can look through our entire library of the shows, of the episodes. And recently, we've made it a little easier for you to browse through the library. We introduced search and filter fields. You can find those in the right sidebar, right at the top. Now, you can easily search the entire body of our shows by keywords or filter them by predefined categories. If you haven't visited the podcast homepage recently, I encourage you to pay us a visit. Once again, the web address is iwm.adventist.org forward slash podcast. Speaking of the sidebar, while I'm close to the topic, just below the search and filter fields, there is a place for you to enter your email address. And that's for a reason. We air our episodes weekly every Friday. The best way to be in the loop with newly published episodes is to be on the podcast email notification list. Simply enter yours and click subscribe. Welcome to the Institute of World Mission Weekly Podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Visit us at iwm.adventist.org slash podcast to view this podcast's show notes, links, and previous episodes. Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. Today's interview is part of our series on intercultural teams. My counterpart and primary contributor to the series is Ronald Kuhn, a friend and a colleague who serves as an associate director for the Institute of World Mission. You can also find the previous episodes in the series on the IWM podcast. Among them, how to be a part of a safe missionary team and the challenge of multicultural missionary teams. The links to these episodes you'll find in the show notes. With that, let us move to the interview itself. Ron, welcome back to the Institute of World Mission podcast. Thank you, Alex. Nice to be back with you. Yes, we are doing a series um, with you as a designer and our main speaker for the intercultural teams theme on our podcast on the Institute of World Mission website. Thank you for doing this with us. Very nice. Uh, great topic, Alex. This is a privilege to be here and um, we, we look forward to continue it. All right. Our topic today is ethnocentrism and stereotyping and how these two very scary words affect our very Adventist international intercultural missionary teams. And let me just jump into the first question. What, in your opinion, is the number one reason that makes working in a multicultural team very difficult? Mm, what a question. Very, very difficult and very interesting. And uh, I would say very easy because any answer could, <laughs> depending on on uh, what you want to frame any or many answers will will probably be right but uh, in my opinion uh, one of the main reasons main reason that makes multicultural teams difficult is fear and fear is a result of not enough love alex so why fear because 
we, when we do not know enough, fear is the result of the, the, I get, let's say, uneasy with the unknown. So the natural result is fear. So when we move from one culture to another culture, in my opinion, we do not know many, many, many things. And we don't even know that we don't know. We go with a lot of assumption, a lot of baggage, assumptions uh, that uh, deeply held by the, the, the way you were brought up, the way you see, the way you do things, the way you communicate with people, the way, even the way you eat, how you communicate with your parents, uh, with uh, teachers and uh, leaders, etc., etc. Well, in different cultures, everything changes, even the way you eat. In some places, you eat in a certain manners with forks and knives. While you move to another culture, you eat with your hands. And then there are even protocols about how, how you eat. Are you eat with chopsticks or you eat with, uh, let's say, with your hand, with your right hand or with your left hand? You know what I mean. There are, there are so many unknown there, unknowns, and that creates fear. Well, but the interesting part is that true love casts out fear. That's what the Bible says. So if you go with the heart to love people, you will not fear. There is a way to get to know them. But we fear because we want to get our way, and, uh, and, and our way is the best way. Well, we arrive with those concepts that my way is the best way, is the only way, because that's what I learned, I grew up with. But very soon we realize we're wrong. There are many other ways and not necessarily one is better than the other. It's just a different way of doing things, different way of communicating, different way of eating, different way of approaching leadership, making decisions and so on and so forth. So fear, mistrust is lack of love. And first we need to start by loving more, loving people relaxing and loving ourselves that we don't know. So it requires humility, a humble attitude to know that you don't know. So that's where you start. Thank you, Ron. I remember when Amy and I were called for a cross-cultural mission service, um, we had to travel to the other side of the world and uh, found ourselves in a very multicultural team. Um, we had people on the team all the way from East Asia to North and South America and everything in between. And we came from a kind of a monocultural situation. Everybody knew what, uh, what they were doing and they were there for a long time. And we found ourselves in a situation where everything was new for us. And we had to just look at everything with open eyes and see how the people behaved, how they behaved in meetings, how they behaved with peers, how they behaved with the administration. And we were just taking everything in and we're kind of lost for a little bit um, because everything, most everything was done differently than what we were used to. Now, we had a good situation. It was uh, a wonderful team, I should say. But uh, many Adventist missionary teams do struggle. We know this, we hear this from people. And uh, what are some additional reasons, um, Ron, you think this is uh, why this is happening? I would say um, we all want to fit and want to belong. And even among Christians, you know, a part of our principles, our faith, our beliefs, our, our guiding, let's say, supercultural, uh, super I would say, 
principles that guide the way we live, we still are we still want to belong. We still want to fit into the group. And since the group, the different groups are very diverse, even in the same country, they are not the same because you meet people from uh, different tribes, different ethnic groups, different, even languages inside the, the same country sometimes. Even small countries like Switzerland, you may have a German-speaking group, a French-speaking group, a Romansh-speaking group, a small country like Switzerland. Uh, Rwanda. Rwanda has two different ethnic groups there, in, and it is very small. Um, so any country you take, China, India, in India you have, what, 15 at least uh, official languages there. So no matter where you go, there are many, I would say, viewpoints and many understandings of reality based on on your education, based on your family, etc. So working in a team, no matter if it is a multi multicultural or just in the same country, it is always a challenge. The challenge increases and, and many times more when it are people from different countries, because then the differences are more visible. So I would say in the case of the Adventist Christians, we also come with a lot of differences in terms of um, our understanding of the Bible, and that creates an even worse thing because then we are dealing with concepts of right and wrong, moral judgment. E even though the Bible says, Alex, do not judge, amen, it, it, it's easy, it's nice to say that, but when it comes to how people do different things in terms of moral aspects. And for us, we do consider certain aspects of moral life very, very important. In some places, people, if you, if you lie or the perception of uh, lying, it is terrible. But in other places, well, I, I bend the truth a little bit in order to have a less impact on somebody else. So then the blood of some people immediately start to boil when they, they get the perception that somebody is not telling me the truth. Well, from the other perspective, somebody is trying to be kind to you and not telling you bluntly straight how things are, but in small doses and slowly, well... Some people don't see that way. They only see black and white, and it is straight. While in other cultures, dishonoring somebody is far worse than, than lying. And so here we come as Adventists with our moral baggage. And sometimes that can cause so much hurt and so much difficulty in relationships that we cannot imagine. Um, so... We think we are a group that have, uh, let's say, our, our faith uh, hopes and sees the world and, uh, and the message of salvation going through all the world. It is very nice. But when it comes to leave that message, I leave it the way I think it should be lived. But the Bible say, do not judge. But we go and we think the way I worship, the way I, I pray, the way I sing is the only way. And that starts to form real challenges uh, around us. Because the, other, the others may not see that way, Alec. Well, I use some examples, but there are many other examples. I don't know um, how, uh, which one would you like to, to emphasize in this case? Let's talk about stereotyping, Ron. Um, some of the behaviors we're talking about is having to do with ethnocentric attitudes 
or stereotyping, of course we hope that none of this exists among us Adventists, that we don't implicitly or explicitly ever feel or behave or show um, that our culture is better than the culture of people around us or how they do things is worse than ours. So how does this happen in practice? How, what, what role does stereotyping play in uh, missionary teams? Well, um, quite often uh, stereotyping or the belief that my way or my culture is better than others, um, it, is, uh, it, it arises out of uh, deep ignorance very deep ignorance. And then when I don't know much about the other, then of course, the only way, the only right way is my way. But as we get to know others, we start enhancing and learning more that, hey, the, the way I, I did or I know uh, how to do things is, uh, is nice because I'm used to that way. But this is also an interesting way of looking to things. And we can, uh, sometimes we talk about uh, negative aspects. Well, stereotyping is when I look to other cultures and because I don't understand what I don't understand, I give some negative attributions. So I would say um, everybody wants to be, let's say, to belong and to be part of a group and wants to feel that, to have that kind of security of uh, assurance that what I believe and what I understand is right and it is the way to go. However, if you notice, Alex, if you are too loyal to human roots, I mean, too loyal in a way that you embrace sometimes so much the, your tribal or your village or your city in a way beyond reason, reason, you may disappoint yourself. For example, those who followed uh, Hitler or Stalin or the Japanese emperor or whatever, in a certain time, discovered that they were wrong later on. And, and that kind of blind following uh, a pattern or a, a group, a collective approach to how things should be done might be a collective suicide. So what I'm trying to say here is that in the Christian context, it's interesting, Alex, that we want to be free and sometimes we look in the wrong connections, wrong flags, and waving the, you know, Jesus said something very profound, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We cannot be free by blindly embracing certain things of my tribe, of my, my culture, of my, of my group, because events, sometimes even this group betrays each other. In times of need, only truth will save you, even if you pay with your, with, with your life in the big scheme of what we believe. But there is a tendency that we will stick with a certain flag to the end. Well, yes, some people to the end, they, they, they will go with that. That will be their end. So uh, I'm, I'm talking here probably some... Uh, some dramatic thing, but what I'm trying to say is that be careful with thinking that your culture is the best or has the best approach to things because sometimes that cultural approach is fooling its members. So we have here as Christians to look for the guiding principles, but even when we take those guiding principles, we cannot judge one another. 
we have to respect one another because people will see and understand them differently, slightly different. So Jesus is the example for all of us in patience, in respect, in love, in obedience. And we should not impose on, on one another. Oh, this is good. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Let's take a look at a few practical examples. Uh, you have rich experience around the world working in many countries. And I'm sure I have seen examples of stereotyping when one team member thinks that what others are doing is wrong and is thinking like that because of their cultural understanding of how things should be done. It's not a moral issue. It's a cultural issue. But they think that what others are doing is wrong. Uh, so let's let's just take a look few random examples uh, from what you have seen in the past, uh, how this actually is. Because what happens, Ron, is none of us Adventist missionaries uh, would assume that we are ethnocentric or that we are stereotyping. None would do that. Uh, we all would deny. So this is something that just happens. Uh, it doesn't happen because we want it to happen. It just happens. And uh, when we are able to take a look maybe at a few examples, then this just comes out a little clearer. So, please. Yeah, um, no, I'll give two examples. One, uh, a Western foreigner working in a, in a specific country, a country that was based on this huge hospitality approach. Uh, based on honor and shame. Uh, he, he would not go to a certain places to visit people and the projects we were implementing because of uh, many things. One is that he thought the, the food would not be appropriate for his dietary uh, restrictions or whatever, or, or ideals. The other reason is that... Um, thought that the way people got together, the way people sat together, the way people ate even with their hands was primitive. And he knew better, so he will not engage in that kind of, uh, let's say, behavior or uh, relationship. His way was better around the table with forks and knives, not uh, sitting on the floor around uh, a big uh, tray of food and everybody putting their hands there. So deep down, there was a huge stereotype in there that my way, my culture, my system is better. And therefore, because it is better, I will not go down uh, because there are many risks. I will not go down from my standard and uh, quote to lower, lower myself and engage with the others in that inferior way, being it uh, because of health, being it because of whatever reasons. Deep down, there was a strong stereotyping and bias because he will, he will, not, he will not get out of his ways, even though he was in a, in a different country. It's almost like imagining uh, Jesus coming down from heaven and not engaging with his community in the way they were doing things or not dressing the way they dress, not sing the way they sing, um, because uh, in heaven there was something much better and he will not lower his standards. So imagine the example of our, 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 our Savior, our God. So here we come, full of stereotyping, and we will not engage. Therefore, he missed, this person missed a tremendous opportunity to connect. And isn't it all about the, the way the gospel is all about connection? And uh, so that, that, was, that was that example. 
On the other hand, um, an example of uh, stereotyping from the other side, there's kind of a reverse. You you have um, and and known perhaps none is uh, is aware of this uh, this situation, but the other side is uh, the people from cultures that are are let's say indirect. They will not engage in social or in um, not just social, but I would say in a in a formal business meeting, they will not engage in the, in expressing their their disagreement. Let let me use the word disagreement or their different opinion about something, because in their culture, you do not confront people in public or in a group. Even your own opinion should not be given in a group, because you know you should keep silent. You should not express yourself um, in a way that will be dishonorable. Well, that is the perception. That's the stereotyping because you think your culture has the right approach to the way you do things. But if uh, if people, let's say, Westerners are sitting together with you in a meeting and you are part of the meeting, the perception is that if you don't agree with something and you and this may affect the project, you should say so. No, but but because you're of your culture, you don't say that. You keep quiet. And then sometimes important information and decisions that need to be expressed are not expressed and people don't know because according to your culture, you must be quiet and you must not dishonor the others by expressing something different than what they thought was right. In other words, you are trying to save face of the person, but you are doing a tremendous damage to the, the overall good of the project because you are keeping quiet. Well, what I'm trying to say here, Alex, is that we all assume that our culture is better until we are in a team with different uh, values. One is direct, one is indirect. One is uh, right and wrong based, the other is honor and shame based. So this shows and this highlights the amount of difficulty and the amount of challenge that people will go through in, in building multicultural teams. I love the example. I mean, both examples. But the second example is when stereotyping can go both ways. Yeah. So the Westerners, they can look at the person who is supposed to contribute, in their opinion, but is not contributing, therefore damaging the project. Yeah. And, uh, and therefore, the stereotyping is you're not doing your job. Uh, you're not contributing, you're a bad team member. On the other side, the people from uh, more Eastern societies can look at their Western counterparts and say, why in the world they are distorting the harmony? Why are they causing all this shame? Um, and uh, what they're doing is awful. So again, the stereotyping happens the other way. And this, this I, I love this example because it truly shows how um, this can actually happen uh, uh, in, in, in both directions. Yes, yes, Alex. And I'm not actually, I, I just brought as an example, not to say which one is right and wrong, to say how challenging it is. Uh, because from each perspective, that's the right way to do it. And, but the result might be uh, confusion, might be not what each side expected. And uh, Therefore, problems or challenges will arise, but then the question is, how do you fix it? Well, one, and especially the one who is entering into a culture that's welcoming you and me, 
the, the, the guests, like, let's use the word, the guest need to learn, needs to learn. The guest needs to incarnate. That is the concept of the gospel. He needs to, to get to know what, how to do things. For example, in this case of uh, certain cultures will not express it in a group or uh, they're, uh, they're a different opinion than probably what is on the table. Well, you may want to engage them privately and get their thoughts in a private, informal setting, you see, you can still get the, 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 their heart and their thoughts out, but there will be a different way for them to do that in a way that they will not make you lose face. They will not feel dishonored or embarrassed by dishonoring you. They want to honor you. So by getting to know these things, by getting to really uh, lowering your guards and be humble and, and, uh, mixed with people, learn from them, uh, ask questions. Remember the ABC of learning culture, ask questions, be observant, observe, and suspend judgment. And, you know, this, these things are, are, are key to successful team building. And it, it has to do with your heart, how much you love them. How, can you actually love people the way they are and try to engage in a way that you can learn? I'd like to bring two examples very quickly. There are some cultures where decision is made by the boss, and it's actually a prerogative of uh, the group leader to, to make the final decision. And then maybe when new data comes in, new um, information is becomes available, then the boss can make a different decision. And uh, the decisions can be made quickly, but the prerogative of the, of the boss to make the decision. There are other cultures where uh, decisions are processed slowly and a lot of consensus is brought together. And, uh, um, and, but once a decision is made, it's, it, it's, everybody sticks to this decision. Now, I, I, I have seen uh, how uh, those, these different styles, simply about how a decision is made, would influence uh, members of a group, of a missionary team, uh, of an intercultural group, and, uh, uh, and how people would think, but how in the world they do this? Or the other side would say, how in the world, you know, they're taking so long and then they're so inflexible or whatever. And this, the stereotyping happens. Uh, a second quick example here is uh, as simple as email writing. We were discussing in our team uh, meeting just yesterday how culturally different we can be in writing emails. Some people who are very relationship oriented, they have long beginnings and they want to know how, uh, how you're doing. And they're sharing a little bit about themselves before they get to the point of the email. And uh, uh, on the other side, there would be people who... Uh, can send a response simply in the subject of the email with an empty body, something like yes or no. And uh, uh, when, when these two groups look at each other, they, they can think, what in the world these other people are doing? How can you send me an empty message with just a subject line? a short subject line or vice versa. How come you're spending my time, you know, with all these preliminaries? I don't need any of this. Anyways, I have seen in, in personal, personally in seeing different kinds of emails coming to, uh, to my inbox. And I'm like, who is this person? Why is he writing like this? Um, and what am I doing? I'm stereotyping without trying to understand what is actually going on on the other side. So true, Alex, very good example, you know, and, and 
there are many aspects to talk about the challenges of multicultural team building. One is uh, communication and language. Uh, how people communicate in different languages is, is, is amazing. It's very interesting and very different. Uh, the introduction to the subject, how do you connect with people, how you greet them or how you don't greet and what and um, how do you int introduce the topic and so forth and so on. So um, there is no other thing except learn. Get to know people, get to know how things are done, get to know what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. Somebody, one time somebody asked me, you know, this country has a problem with the bribe. Um, well, the, we have to pay for getting things done and everything. I said, well, there is, in every, every country, there is an uh, acceptable amount of uh, what is a reward for something done. Sometimes, uh, for example, governments will even have express, uh, express uh, visas that they charge more, you get in less time. So there are official ways to do things. So he said, yeah, but in my country, this certain things, people, yeah, they give tips, they give, uh, but there is no rule. I said, okay, in some places, the rules are fuzzy. It is true. So what what can you do? I said go to some of the. This was uh, this was some this was a Muslim country. So I told him go to two or three mullahs, uh, the leaders of the mosques in the in your community, and ask them how do rewarding for service is considered honorable. Don't ask him if it is right and wrong because in that culture it's not about right and wrong. It's about what is honorable and what is shameful. So I asked, I, I told him specifically, you go to that leader, religious and civil leader in that area, and you ask him, give some example and ask him what is honorable, what is shameful. He will, first of all, he will feel honored that you came to ask him what is appropriate in his community. Even if sometimes individually people do things different that they they stretch the boundaries alex they will at least tell you what is between in your culture and my culture they will tell you what is right and wrong for them is what is shameful and honorable so you ask people for things you don't know observe ask engage with them and you will know what is appropriate in those cultures of course we're not talking about when corrupts about corruption abounds and becomes almost the rule no 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 this is another thing and then we always have to put let's say the principles of the gospel sort of blending and and uh, shaping balancing things out the bible is is our our guide and rule of practice and faith but we will know what the community also thinks about right and wrong. How do we approach and behave uh, in when things are very different for us and for our bodies? Thank you, Ron. Last question here is, would you recommend any resources for our audience to maybe dig just a little bit deeper into the topic of stereotyping and how that impacts uh, Adventist intercultural teams? Well, there are there are many resources, you know. Uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps no. The best resource we have is uh, is the New Testament. the The way um, Jesus recommend people to act, the way he related, what he recommends in the Gospels and the Book of Acts as well, and the, when the church was um, reaching out for uh, reaching different communities. 
But I would say also Solomon in Proverbs has, has beautiful advice on how we should handle different situations, different, you know, even sometimes he contradicts himself and you need to put a, a balance because the, he will say there are moments you should not speak. And then in the same chapter, almost he will say, no, you should give an answer. So you see, there are moments for everything. There are context. Uh, the, if the context change, you can act a little bit different. But if people... People want, uh, want, let's say, to learn more about uh, stereotyping. They need to learn more about culture. Well, there are many, many ways to learn about culture. Uh, just type on Google cultural differences and cultural values. Different, difference in cultural values. So learn about these differences in your country. I would say nowadays one of the best resources we have is online because there's always fresh information. So type things that you want to learn, like direct, indirect cultural differences, uh, cultural values. Use the internet to learn. You will find zillions of resources that, if I recommend any book here in, in one month, one year, they will be outdated. The Bible is never outdated, I would say. Uh, and uh, the internet is 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 there with a lot of resources. You just have to filter it in a way that you get the you get reputable, but you will get a sense of what is balanced and what is uh, what is applicable because we have the Bible as a guiding line for us to the boundaries for us to compare. Excellent. Thank you very much, Ron. Um, this brings us to the end of this installment in the series on intercultural teams. Appreciate that very much. Special thanks to Ron for his contribution today. Now it is your turn, our dear listeners. Do you have good examples of overcoming an ethnocentric behavior or an attitude or a mindset? What did it take you to stop stereotyping? Share with us your responses either in our workplace community or on our Facebook page or simply write to me at otta at gc.adventist.org. I do mean this question and both Ron and I will appreciate your responses. My name is Alex Ott and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week.